Good afternoon, listeners and future listeners of the Syntax podcast. Um, my name is Oscar, and I'm here on behalf of Syntax Arnhem. We are broadcasting a live stream program over the next few days uh, from the Artest Finals in Arnhem. Um, before introducing our first guest, I will give a bit of an idea of what to expect uh, over the next few days. Uh, we have a daily program consisting of three podcast recordings uh, with graduate students from multiple art and design departments. These podcasts will be available in the future through online platforms. Um, between the podcasts, we have musical guest mixes by alumni from Artes. And at the end of every day, we have uh, a column by alumni from the creative writing department and also a guest report from one of their graduation shows. Um, my first, our first guest today is Gijs Wouters from the product design department. Um, he's gonna tell us about his project and how the past few months or a year have been uh, in quite a extraordinary time to graduate. Um, so, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, yesterday we had our final uh, exam presentation um, with um, uh, outsider uh, outside uh, graduation tutors. Examiners? Yes, examiners. That's the right word. Uh, we have to come into the English talking, of course. Uh, yeah, so yesterday we had this presentation, which was quite nice. It was like the final uh, coming together of the whole class. It was actually also uh, the last, but also the first time uh, we heard everybody's presentations uh, about their uh, about their work and the project they had done. Sometimes uh, we even didn't know all the steps we went through uh, throughout the processes. It was quite nice to see uh, this full story of everybody because um, we only saw fragments because we were like to separate it uh, so often during this whole uh, graduation year uh, so that was nice and um, yeah now the show can continue and we can uh, finally send our work into the, the real world yeah so it must be exciting to finally have uh, some kind of like a border now it's like for, at, some, yeah. at some point it's done and it is what it is um, exactly. because it's it can be very tempting to um to keep expanding and yeah, expanding especially definitely. when uh deadlines and adding more and more uh interesting subjects to your project because uh, of course inside the the borders of the ex uh, the academy you can explore every field in design and you can add so many layers to your uh, process but now you were forced to really like choose a few things uh, to bring out and not to make it already a whole uh yeah design idea uh palette <laughs> so can you give us a bit of an introduction into your project yeah so my project is uh, questioning the identity of porcelain uh, both uh, in the um, source of the material and the application um, as a designer i'm always moving uh, between the cultural and the natural landscape and how these influence each other um and yeah in my uh, study year i developed a working method uh, where i bring these two worlds together um in yeah in the play of storytelling in the play of uh, application and material research so it's quite a broad uh, project but it's touching many fields and like building bridges between these uh, which for me makes it interesting and what are the physical manifestations of this project yeah, so the physical manifestations, I uh, developed um, a frame, a modular frame uh, from the porcelain cabinet. 
so that's more the application of the the raw material um therefore i also uh, researched a um a new kind of material so i created a flexible um porcelain uh, so you can see this as a, a textile um therefore i created an archive of 170 uh, samples uh with each their own qualities and from these samples i made a few products so uh, thinking about accessories uh, so three uh, different kind of bags but also a collaboration with uh, a fashion designer uh, shaq hulikus uh, from the netherlands who i collaborate with uh, to develop these samples into uh, actual clothing and how did this concept of the cabinet uh, work out? Like, yeah. mm, well, by by questioning the porcelain, um, it like the question starts to arise not only about the material but the application and how um, the value of porcelain in its application was was like throughout time mostly in to vases or sculptures and uh, things of value, um, and we showcase these as well uh, in cabinets. Um, but these values have changed as well as the other um, things you put into these cabinets. So thinking about all the changes that go through time and industries uh, that move and pass, um, this cabinet is not yeah like it's changing. It's like a ta- time capsule. Um, but for me, I um, wanted to enhance this changeability and reflect this back into a new kind of cabinet that goes with time and with value and with the needs and things you want to put in. So you can store things, but you can showcase things as well in this modular frame. And I think it's important to tell that this whole uh, project started from uh, the porcelain mines in Cornwall in England, uh, where I discovered this industry that I didn't knew before, um, because I went to China in the first year of my studies for a porcelain fieldwork trip. And then I was really informed about um, this um, industry from ages and like decennia uh, that it came from China but not from England. So I was quite a surprise to find this during uh, just a trip off and uh, where I went wa- walking and like finding rest in this busy environment. And then I saw this influence on the landscape and the porcelain mining is not recent anymore, like it's a left industry. Uh, so the mines are overtaken by nature and so there it started to arise the question of oh what is value of this material and how can i use this as a designer yeah so the the very basic fundament of your project actually got laid out in your first year yeah during a field trip yeah yeah maybe already before actually like uh, in travels that i made and where i found different cultures but never turned this into the products or like the study really developed that traveling and this moving between nature and culture into a working method that i can use yeah in the field and um so so it's like something that has been uh intertwined with your uh um like uh progress throughout the years on yeah. the academy yeah. but did you also the um is it is it connected with uh other projects that you worked on or um is it like a um like a general theme in your work or is it completely something completely different uh no it's not completely different indeed uh it it has uh come up in different projects before so for example like the project that i did in china um 
reflected on the culture as well like the the rise of like modernity and um, new values uh, has like brought there that the the older buildings are demolished and uh, new like sky uh, scrapers arise and the bricks of the old houses are still left so i already started using there uh, the bricks um to put into the ceramics we have a small <laughs> sound disturbing um but there i already started to use the stone to in, uh, um, to mix with the the material of porcelain so that that similarity came back in this project but also another uh, influence for this project was my internship uh, i did in uh, london at feng cheng wang uh, a fashion label because um, i had always quite interest into fashion on a personal uh, level not, not at work necessarily but then um, i really wanted to go into uh, like I wanted to explore this field of, of design as well um, so I went to London and there uh, they were interested in my way of working with material and different like a different approach to fashion than than the original way so quickly there I developed a position within the team uh, that was uh, focusing on accessories and uh, construction uh, of shoes and uh, but also furniture funny enough uh, for a Pepsi Cola uh, uh collaboration um but with fashion i always also like seeing um the world from inside um yeah new questions start to arise and <laughs> i start to look different to to uh, this field of work where where change of value is going much faster and uh, i was sometimes struggling with that as well and i was talking with the uh, manager of Feng and Feng herself sometimes about this changeability and how they um, are influenced by this or if they uh, agree with the way fashion uh, moves so fast. So after I left um, this uh, company for my internship, uh, they also started to, I saw the changes coming in, in, in their projects as well. So they started to focus more on community instead of like bringing out loads of new items. And it was quite interesting to see how they adapt to this current situation, actually. So, yeah. so it re really felt like, uh, like also looking back that you had like a print, leaving a print on yeah, their place of <laughs> internship. Yeah, and, and there again, like it was again a small part that influenced my exam project of, um, yeah, this this rapid change of, of values and, yeah. Is, is that something that you would recommend to uh, other people as well to, to like uh, look for an internship that maybe in the first place might not be directly linked to your field of study, um, but has a connection to it? Yeah, I think personal connection is important, but it can also be something that goes in, like against your own preference. Because um, I think it's good as a, also in the wor world of design um, that you understand different ways of working. And when you inform yourself within the field, yeah, then you can bring new perspectives. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that, that to me it also seems like that's something that they value at product design. Uh, yeah. I, I think that actually goes for most of the departments at Artes. Like you're not just like tunnel vision working on <laughs> extending the history of uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the history of your study, but uh, also adapting to a time where yeah. 
the um, uh, where things are overlapping even more and in such a high tempo that it can be very difficult sometimes to make sense out of it. Yeah, yeah it's interesting to see in my class as well that many of the exam projects are having uh, overlap with other disciplines. So the, some in theater, the others in, in uh, elderly care or um, well also rethinking old... Um, uh, what's the word crafts and and yeah like so more rec uh, more known in the field already but still rethinking is uh, quite an important part and um yeah new ways of looking at things we have granted for so long and, and um so when uh did you uh do your internship was it was it did you finish it before covid yeah. Yeah, we were lucky not to <laughs> not to be in lockdown. Um, we uh, I started in 2019, mm, yeah, and then I stayed there for four months. Uh, but every time for fashion week, I went back uh, to help on the set um, first, just as a dresser, but like later also in like directing uh, on the set uh, for model models and stuff. So also there, it was <laughs> quite quickly integrating into the team from the intern like uh, at the next time i came by other people said oh you're not just the intern you're uh, yeah it's quite funny to <laughs> to see this do, do you have ambitions to go uh, back to your internship place in any form or mm -hmm. is it are you moving on um i'm, I'm interested definitely uh, they offered me a function within the team as well as uh, uh, the shoe designer or accessories um of course now with covid they have like had a hit on the or um impact on their brand twice um because feng is originally chinese uh, so she has two uh, studios uh, one in uh, shanghai and the other one in london so one was impacted first and then the other uh, which is now in lockdown again almost i believe uh but yeah she is trying to to um yeah approach her audience online and like many others do um, and i think she's doing quite a good job within there because um, actually it, it's interesting that she her visibility or her appearance has grown more since the lockdown than than before like she's now more visible on, on different platforms than before and also in china she is um, yeah she's taking good advantage of the situation and helping locals and yeah and how has this uh, period been for you uh, yeah <laughs> in the beginning um it was interesting because we were in a way n not hoping for this situation to happen but i think this pause or this stop was quite needed as well to reflect so within our like class also the situation was help um, took on quite positive like we had time to rethink and instead of rushing through this graduation and and putting work out there that that you might not stand after or, or it's not the full potential that you would have liked to achieve um so quality got better actually through through this time of um of lockdown but now towards graduation it also feels sometimes more like um a wall like like opportunities are 
more difficult um also now with with documenting your work and like for example i tried to organize a shoot on location for for the fashion part in my my collection it was super difficult to find (laughs) find a, a location because everybody's like all the different fields for example building site um it was not not able to to uh, photograph there because yeah it would be a, a danger for the with the workers and yeah it has a lot of impact uh, but also it has yeah it's giving more time to to see your, like how how systems work and maybe now it's the perfect time to to bring in new ways of of being and yeah i think as in our field uh, and especially in creative sectors uh, by where we are able to like present new ways of looking i think this is quite a good time to to bring it out there and then yeah. yeah it's it's almost like a an expected new responsibility to yeah. to like yeah. to to not keep yeah. moving on uh but like to channel different aspects yeah. of uh yeah. the the impact that this situation has um, into something more constructive for the future which is extremely difficult task i think mm-hmm. especially looking at yourself as an individual designer yeah. in a world full of other designers yeah. or makers for yeah. all that matters i think that um, um goes for uh, for craftsmen yeah. for artists for designers um it's interesting last night i was also talking with a friend about this um that um like uh, for a long time in design we we always saw it as individuals but i think it's way more um fruitful to uh, seek up like collaborations and work together instead of only building up your own personality which sometimes feels so egocentric to me yeah because why not work together and, and create good things together um instead of just for your own sake and of course there's yeah it's easier to talk to one person than to a group of 10 but one person can also speak for 10 so yeah exactly um do you feel like you have been able to uh get out of this project like maybe not the exact thing that you want to get out of it but something that you uh are satisfied are are you satisfied with how it turned out so far (laughs) um Yes, I, I'm satisfied, yeah, but uh, also because it's so broad, it's sometimes it's difficult to um, enhance everything at once, uh, but each part is, yes, to, it, I, I look at my collection as an archive to work from, um, and like many works are already in collaboration, um, or yeah, I can send it out and, and see where where new um, developments can be started, uh, or yeah, continued further. Yeah. <laughs> and what are your plans uh, after taking a proper nap? Yes. Well, yeah, first the nap is needed. Uh, <laughs> but I think I won't sit still for too long. Um, first, I will approach it more locally. Uh, so not like flying out is already more difficult now. Um, but yeah, it's time to start from the base so first i want to organize my own things and the base of of like what yeah how, and if i have everything sorted out like the the how can people approach me where can they find uh, how can i already send some samples out to to see if we can start small developments uh, of the material for example or um yeah also 
like media newspapers can we write articles like just now we're already having a conversation but can we bring this up first before we start creating uh yeah further products so do you feel like the the limitations that are imposed uh like uh, involuntarily it seems to me that you like um uh, that that you see possibilities in there in uh current situation for example if if it's impossible or if it's difficult uh to go abroad with your project you try to source it locally or to to get a better idea of what's possible on a smaller scale uh than yeah. maybe you would have done before yeah yeah i think so um because before I, I always like to indeed like go to extremely strange place that I didn't know and see what I could find there and and that bring it back and find around uh, the people who I can bring together. Um, but I don't have to go that far, of course. So also here, look, what is quite interesting during the process, I looked for other materials that I could like work in um, the same way as with the porcelain so actually here at the the rain uh, channel um, there there um, there are still marks of a brick industry of back in the days um, so there's a lot of material that i could use and and actually make it a local project and and make maybe textiles from the brickstone and see how we, how how i can yeah start the same conversation on on the um, yeah, local scale so is it is it uh is it easy to see similarities in there because for example if you're talking about an industry that is already like uh bankrupt or that's already vanished yeah for example the brick factory in here uh in the southern part of arnhem uh was from a certain time when there were different worldviews and also different connections yeah um is is, is it is it easy to to form like a um uh i would just say perspective on this whole industry as a worldwide industry that once was there yeah. um or do you see it as like different micro <laughs> projects micro projects um it's i think i in the what you what you described that i um zoom this like history or historic parts or you, because they are all from different periods um, but i see them as a, a whole like um diff, like past industries i'm not looking at the specific dates where where things has passed or values have, have been um shifted but like maybe you can see like uh, i always described it and even if it's a, a brickstone or it's a porcelain phase they were different um, developments in making of time, and like how I combine it with this time, where for example a sneaker or a bag has the same value as a porcelain vase or a brick, and makes it like easy to to use a material from my local source like this brickstone in the same story. So I can put a, a, the brickstone next to the next to the shoe, and it has like I can again create the same loop of um yeah <laughs> of of this thing i want to address this this process this shift of and is is the focus mainly on the material or is it also like a um i mean it, it is a historical investigation anyway but it's also like historically it's also shaped by politics 
do you incorporate it in your work or is that some is it focus mainly on the material itself yeah i think more on material um of course it's always influenced by political yeah uh, processes and uh cultural um influence yeah cultural development yeah cultural development that's better uh yeah that's always influence and i try to integrate this also again with how for example other artists reflected on these uh, situations so i embed that in in the process Uh, but my part in design is more on to create this visual um, story instead of only the language based uh, the written language based uh, or the spoken because uh, I like I'm stronger in speaking through images than than that I do in in political uh, standards. Talking about uh, other artists or makers, for other matter, um, are there any specific artists or writers, or uh, is there is there any inspiration material that you? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah definitely uh, for example last year I read this article about Michael Iwanowski uh, he's a Polish uh, photographer living in London um, which had a really great story about one of his projects where he um, walked up to um, a big graffiti wall where um, was written like go home Polish and from there on he starts to question like what is home uh, for me and and then he decided to walk from England all the way back to Poland uh, by food. And during this walk, he made like he, he photographed his journey, and he was able to talk with all these different persons from different cultures. So through image and through words, he was like um, like showcasing this path or this experience um, where culture and and um, possession are questioned. So that was one of the projects that I uh, found quite interesting. But also um, another photographer who, uh, which I forgot the name, but uh, I experienced her work in the uh, Museum Arnhem um, during one of the exhibitions last year, uh, going about, um, talk about cities and, and how um, people are moving through these. Uh, and she photographed this tribe or this, this group of people in China, uh, the floating population who are always on the move with the seasons and uh, they only carry the things that they need. Um, so again, their value of objects is photographed through this, this work and um, yeah, how people move through a system, so political system um, on their own way and how they, yeah, that's, those are things that I, um, yeah, that influence my, my way of working as well like i almost see myself as this chinese uh floating civilization who moves through but then yeah or walking like michael Ivanovsky through these different borders but because that's the freedom of a designer and you can build these bridges through image or through making yeah so, so it sounds like there's a lot of inspiration in the anthropological field for you as well yeah so the examples that you mentioned uh, are very much about the, the processes of people that are not uh, or of people that are in in flux or like like moving mm-hmm. around yeah. just talking about general uh, interests is there uh, something uh, like a book or a film or a piece of music or anything else that uh, that you find inspiring that you might want to share with other people Mm, well, a book that I recommend is um, 
because <laughs> I've written a lot and wrote a lot about his work. Um, which oh, <laughs> I wrote his name down so many times and now uh, I forgot. But it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's the American writer who um, uh, wrote a cabin in the woods and he uh, or uh, obed- obedience against um, James James Thoreau, Kevin James Thoreau. Oh, Henry Henry David Thoreau, that's that was his name. Yes, he was a, a American essayist, but also natural, uh, yeah, um, researcher. <laughs> but he experienced some, um, or he brought himself the experience by living in the woods for um, two years, two months, two days uh, on himself, and there he mm, he questioned the again the the possession of objects. But also the relation to nature and how our systems are um, sometimes forgetting this connection, and he was reconnecting with it. Um, yeah, and his writings are very inspiring on the way. Uh, yeah, they're still quite actual to these these times where uh, we are paying taxes or we yeah we have to live through to a system that we not always like connect to or even um in the awareness or where do we connect and yeah there's some romanticism in there yeah, like some, yeah. longing for exactly yeah longing for freedom yeah walden walden pond that's the uh yeah that's the book yeah walden by henry david thoreau <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a very yeah book that that sometimes put the words in my my head that i didn't have only through images but not by written words so yeah it was an enrichment <laughs> um we're we're heading towards the the last part of the mm-hmm. podcast um like last year uh during our podcast we oh, i usually finish with a question like what do you dream of <laughs> and you, you can answer it in in any sense like maybe like something that you dream of but you that you're not sure if that's actually going to happen or that you hope for or that you uh want to pursue or something is there anything uh that comes up yeah i've been dreaming about a hotel many times uh last year i tried to work this out in the collection of tents but but yeah, a hotel seems very nice to me because it's so diverse as well. Like it has an interior, it has a, a kitchen, it has a hospitality part. Like, <laughs> and so you can create a small world, but you can like invite people to it, which is really nice. But also, you can bring people together in all these different uh, functions within the hotel. So maybe yeah, that's my my dream to uh, yeah. Is your your dream to to like explore that more or like maybe to? It's I think a dream of realization. <laughs> yeah, so it's my aim to realize something like that, even though it's fixed on one part. But even better would be like this this floating population where it's a floating or yeah a hotel. That so like a hotel is also like a crossroads for people all with their own storyline yeah. of where they come yeah. from and where they're heading to. Yeah. So it's also like a crossroads of uh, things in flux. Yeah, yeah, um, I want to thank you for being the first guest on this (laughs) podcast. Um, 
you can you can see Gijs's work on recalibrate.nl. Yes, and soon <laughs> I want to <laughs> come in between. Uh, not next week, but from the I'm gonna check my agenda. But in consideration with a humanoid in Arnhem, uh, the work of a few of our um, classmates and the work of myself will be exhibited at Humanoid, the shop in Arnhem, from the 16th of November. Um, not sure yet till when, uh, but from the 16th on we will be putting the work there. There's a uh, possibility for people to yeah. see your work yeah. in person. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you a lot. <laughs> and... Uh, we will hear from you, I suppose. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>